Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome to everybody to another week of Second Chance Moped Podcast. We're here, we're back, we're in the basement. I had my burrito, which made me so happy. Um, springs in the air, and I, I was gonna lie to you guys. I was gonna not tell you my major fuck up. I did. I um tried something. I tried some different base gaskets, and a base in a spacer, and it was all going so well on a rundown today, until I, until I heard the famous whoop. Yep. I fucking shanked a kit, but it was an older kit with a new piston. And so I don't feel that terrible about it, but I was like, <sighs> I I think, I think that kit was cursed anyways. I won't get into it. It was one of my famous uh, last year Baker's dozen kits. And I know my season's going to turn around. I already been riding this year. It's great. It was like 50 some degrees in Minnesota. I had to work like 11 hours a day and I still had to get out and get home, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm so excited for like everything that's going down. Like mopeds are back in Minnesota, at least, you know, some people are the, some people on the Minnesota moped page, which is, I, I wish there's a little more interaction on a group me or something like that here, but we'll see what happens. Maybe that'll change this year, but you know, some people are talking about getting out on a ride on Sunday or Saturday. I'm not sure, which, you know, makes me happy because fuck, I'll ride Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hopefully my treats order gets in because I don't know why, but I, um, I was going to, I needed, a, I want to put a different carb on that Grand Prix because I don't want to mess with that Gutner, 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 Gutner carb. And so I just went Polini, pull choke. Uh, cable choke and some new reads and gonna gonna send it you know i gotta go i gotta go friday to the dmv to get up some plates for that thing that's one nice thing about minnesota at least in the metro i can walk in there with pictures maybe a bill of sale or not who knows and pretty much walk out with plates that day which is really convenient um i haven't the bike popped off but i haven't really ran it yet so we'll fuck around with that this weekend you know it's just the seasons, I can feel it. Even though it snowed this week, which was depressing, but 50 degrees melts snow pretty damn fast in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, we're back just to the normal swing of things, you know. Now, I don't have to like keep anything from you because I had that treat sale like in my back pocket for about a month. And like everybody knows, like I love to give out the information. But if I have to keep a secret, it is what it is. Um, I am excited to have this guest on because um, the more, and I, I've been so swamped at work and I feel bad for anybody. I'm not getting back to you that quickly. I'm sorry. Um, this individual sent me a lot of bikes. He built even, he was even in the moped rich calendar and that's what uh, made it all come in. Ugh. I was trying to get a good lead in for you. Why don't you just introduce yourself, my guy? Yeah, no, we won't use that one. Um, I'm Taylor Duncan, uh, Columbus, Ohio, hometown, and kind of got my start on mopeds here. Uh, but I've kind of done mopeds a little bit throughout the country, um, off when I was in college down in Georgia, in Savannah, and then uh, was part of a group in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, also rode 
a good bit with the guys in Austin. So, I mean, I'm sure I'll tell you the whole story, but, um, you know, some friends around, around the country really. And, uh, been into it for a while and love the friends I've made. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I love you wearing an old pedicast shirt because I would give Jake Kane shit about it all the time because it seemed like anytime I'd walk by that guy, um, and he was talking to new people, um, he, I would hear him just like, you know, talking about rad stuff in mopeds and I would automatically hear him say petty cash rally. And like Jake and Jake is such a rad guy because him and I can have disagreements and we can get pretty via DMS or whatever, and we can go back and forth. And then like after a week, it's cool. Like, yeah. and that's what it was like, just me giving Jake shit. Jake giving me shit is like, that's all I'd hear for a month was like the petty cash rally. I'm like, Jake, come on, buddy. Let's, what the fuck? Well, everybody knows Chicago has the best rallies. I mean, they've yeah, always yeah. been my favorite. So uh, <laughs> I, I think probably the most rallies I've been to have been in Chicago. But, but the thing about it is, dude, like I have had a moped drive on the back of my vehicle, drive through Chicago like six times. I, I don't know if I want to like, I, I, I like to get out and blast like where I live. I can get out and just fucking get out like 10 minutes of riding. I'm out in the country, like in yeah. city riding to me is not really desirable. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of yeah, crazy. You like definitely got to like, build your bike different. I mean, the stop yeah. and go kind of style. And I mean, I, I like a wide open stretch too, but I've kind of always been in the city areas and uh, you know, I, the thing about Chicago is it just feels like there's just this endless amount of low speed moped type of roads. You can pretty mm-hmm. much go for as long as the heart's content, you know, and Lakeshore drive rides are always pretty cool. So I can I see know. that. And yeah. I, and I'm probably, I'm probably judging in ways I shouldn't because like, I've never ridden there, man. So I got yeah, to ride. Yeah. I got to do it. And like, Hey, if hot and ready's has the national rally, like they said, they're going to a couple of years, dude, I'll be there. You know me. Like I, you promised me a moped rally, like six, seven hours from my house, dude, I will be there. Like, yeah. It, yeah. But anyways, Anywho. Tyler, Tyler, Taylor, Tyler, Tyler, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, um, here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. What happened? I eat the very first time you ever saw a moped. To, you know, the smile ride and all that good stuff, middle part of the journey, and what it's like today. So, Taylor, let me ask you this. What is your first memory of a moped? Not necessarily getting on it, but, like, the first time you can conceptually remember, hey, that was a moped. Yeah, um, it was probably when I was in, like, fifth grade or so. Um I mean, I'm 37, so this is like late, late, late 90s, almost 2000. But a kid in my neighborhood had like a silver bullet, maybe uh, somebody that we just played street hockey with and stuff. And I always thought it was so cool. And so uh, I was always looking through the classifieds as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. People used to post. <laughs> it's like seems so dated now, but you know, dude, I actually... I'm, I, we're we're within a few years of each other, brother. So don't yeah. don't get me wrong, man. I know no. what you're talking. Like we had so we had found... the home magazine and where I was from. So yeah, yeah. So I got my first moped. I answered a, an ad in the paper for like a hundred dollars, and uh, we showed up. And my dad accompanied me. I was thirteen, and uh, 
I had to get the smallest of the four, you know, but like, I swear that in this garage, there was, I got a Columbia commuter as my first bike uh, okay. with the Sax motor and, you know, dead reliable, just something to learn on. Yeah. But, uh, there must've been some derbies in there or something because they look like full fledged motorcycles and mm -hmm. full size. So I think these people had like a little collection or something. And, but my dad was watching out for me and, uh, <laughs> got me on the little one, you know, yeah, for yeah. A little while, and was so. this in Columbus or yeah, this was in Columbus. Uh, I grew up originally in, uh, well, kind of neighborhood I'm in now really, mm -hmm. uh, it's called Clintonville. And, uh, it's, I mean, this part of Columbus just there was pockets of older mopeds around mm -hmm. so like the the moped my buddy had was a silver bullet that he got from a garage sale from you know like a 70s or 80s and then uh one of my next mopeds I found at a garage sale walking back from school so like it's, it's just like a lot of people that were aging out um that might have been into mopeds in the 70s and stuff Mm -hmm. uh we're kind of letting them go around the time that i was coming of age so it was pretty good for finding older bikes and i didn't really kind of happen upon the newer newer tomos and stuff like that until later on in high school and uh like you know i started riding with some friends and we uh my mom let me like put part a little garage bays up and tape it off in the garage so we could all <laughs> wrench on our bikes and stuff right so on. Um, the cool part about where I grew up was that we were within a moped ride of, uh, handy bikes, which is okay. kind of like moped Mecca back in the day. And, mm -hmm. um, I mean, and I know anybody who listens to podcasts and stuff like that, mine or, uh, moped Monday, or even like the old Brapcast, like handy bikes has been talked about a lot. Like that was yeah. a very known, especially like in the Ohio scene, like I can say like, Midwest in general, dude, you're going to trip over mopeds. Like, it's not like the West Coast where, like, they just didn't exist for some reason. But, like, sure. yeah, Ohio, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, like, dude, like, mopeds on top of mopeds on top of mopeds. Well, BJ was a big reason for that. He was, uh, you know, kind of the architect of what they had going on over there. But as a kid, he he would just uh, teach us, you know, stuff. Or we'd show up, and it was like he was – just tickled with the fact that you know these 14 15 year old kids would come get parts so he'd always give me recommendations on jets if i like what we did is like drilled holes in our baffle and you know the yeah. little things to to tune them and base gaskets and whatnot and it wasn't until i went to college and uh took my poop nostalgia down there into savannah that i realized like oh my god this is <laughs> this is not a normal resource you know like i was yeah. sort of spoiled by it just not knowing any different and uh it and what came... you know me and my timelines like when do you know like when about you went down to college in savannah and yeah so, shout I mean, out I... to the trash pandas who i think they have a rally coming this weekend yeah i saw that um it's going to be on St. Patty's weekend and having lived there, I know better, <laughs> but Dude, I think they're going to find out exactly what mono found out. Um, they had their first rally on uh, Mardi Gras weekend oh, and yeah. talking to Eric's like never again, like no. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in theory, like it sounds like a good idea because you exactly. want people to have a good time and everything, uh -huh. but uh, we, well, yeah, timeline wise, I mean, I went, I graduated college in 08. So okay. 
I was riding, um, you know, I took my poop nostalgia down there that I had as a kid. I kind of took a couple years off of mopeds in high school and got into cars and whatnot. Well, yeah, because you're mobile and you could go faster than 40 miles an hour. Yeah, much faster. Yeah, so that was cool and I learned a lot. But um, the moped at school kind of, it just like felt cool, but it Mm -hmm. still wasn't really like, this is in like 2005 maybe. And I mean, mopeds weren't really like, cool cool you know it was still kind of like dorky and let me pump the brakes a little bit on you on this because you are so early on in mopeds like were you had you discovered had is moped army around at this point had you discovered it well i was getting on it in college yeah so like i mean i was very active a part of the forums um you know one of the early og engine builders you could say was a guy named smitty that i've uh, I've heard of yeah yeah he's down he was down in south carolina i think and uh he built my first kitted motor um because i took my nostalgia down and didn't jet for the seat level change or whatever but regardless i seized it and uh at the time like i wanted to kit it but i didn't have any experience and my way of learning is always to like you know, pay a little bit of respects to the people who I think are doing it right. And then, uh, kind of study their stuff. So yeah, I got his motor or got a motor built by him. And, uh, that was a total blast. I mean, me and my buddy would ride around town and ride out to the beach and whatnot. And my only riding friend at the time, like I actually met Tim, Timo down in Savannah, like well before, he was ever part of swoops or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I don't know if you know about his accident. Yeah. Uh, I heard about it. I haven't talked to him in a little while. So dude, that was, I was standing right there. Oh man. Yeah. It was like somebody coming who was like in a moped accident. Like I fucking like burst right into tears. Like, like, yeah, dude, that guy's is super rad. Me and him have chit chat a few times, like super, just awesome gypsy spirit. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Um, so like he was one of the only moped people I knew while I was down there, but uh, just I would ride with my buddy on his Yamaha R1 and me on my moped, and they both had like a all black with red pinstripes on the wheels. Like his was like a Raven edition, so it looked like the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So it was like this hilarious juxtaposition of power, and we'd ride out to the beach, and like he just would crack up because he would never get questions about his motorcycle, but people were always like, what is this (laughs) about the moped? And yeah, that was a, it was a blaster for a while. And what were those, what were those turning for speed back in the day? Like, and I understand, um, I I topped out at 53. Dude, that's moving. Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it was geared for stop and go 1845. It was Polini with the Esterol, started out as a Bing 15, but then in my version two, uh, I did a Makuni VM 16 okay, and a power dynamo ignition and it made a big difference. So that was like a revelation, uh, to me. And I've kind of been a Makuni guy ever since, but, um, I don't really, I felt like I was experimenting with Makunis, you know, on this stuff, uh, maybe like before it was widely accepted you could say well you're like you're early on in the moped um 
world and you're still around to talk about it's like yeah you were a four run i'll give you credit because you know and somebody will come in and say it but like you're one of the first people doing mccoonies like yeah whatever dude like not maybe, the first but maybe like, not ever but we'll say like no, at no, least no, no, maybe like, on a Polini or something yeah. like that <laughs> but like a Polini slide car like a round slide car yeah dude yeah that was the round and the little i mean the 16 if you you see them around i don't they're a lot less common now and usually a vm18 is the smallest you see available and i like those a lot on bikes too but uh i was having yeah, this the, discussion with somebody those came on something the 16s came on something weird it was like and i'm not even gonna try to remember what bike those dirt bike those came on originally but like it was uh, just an oddball dirt bike because originally like where you would see them at huh, anyway yeah. sorry for interrupting you no you're all good but yeah i mean that engine actually uh like i got a little overzealous uh i was so like okay let's rewind i also restored like a small bianchi bianchi matic when i was in college because basically i uh, started tearing down my nostalgia and like going big with mb5 wheels and getting this like big vision uh but basically like at that time i wasn't quite understanding how much power it would take to turn the wheels and whatnot so I got going with this Bianchi and uh, I was buddies with online with a guy who was one half of this uh, weekends in Florida, Justin Campbell. And so my first rally was going to uh, Richmond with him. He picked me okay. up on the way up from Florida and we rode up to Richmond together and went to uh, a Hell Satan's rally in like that was uh why'd you break your moped was my first rally so dude that's fucking that's really awesome like that's pretty a cool. somehow facebook put me and him he they suggested for us to be friends oh, uh yeah yeah, yeah like mutual friends and whatever yeah yeah and like because i would always hear about weekend pipes like i'd hear about oh, not always i've heard the whispers and hushed tones from moped dorks like myself like weekend pipes were really awesome and then motomatic came around but like i always wondered what happened to the weekend pipes yeah i mean i've i've also had a couple of moped products to market before it's really hard to mm-hmm. uh satisfy <laughs> everyone <laughs> and like i mean it's not profitable at all so like what if you're if you're making moped parts um kudos to you and like uh serving the community and stuff but um it's it's just really a underappreciated thing that i think everybody that does it yeah i mean now i think uh ryan with the cranks is obviously leading the way and yeah i do all i can to just show him love and support even just like if it's just a reaction to a story because mm-hmm. i think uh the real makers out there sometimes people don't think they need a little bit of love because they know they're doing well enough and i think that's a mistake is you yep. know because you know ryan does it uh, ryan undercharges for his product i'll say this all day long he's way undercharging for his pipes and his intakes and i make sure to thank him all the time like we had a I, that's I, a great value he yeah, yeah he could get away with charging more but i think he's savvy in the fact that he's made it a price that i mean obviously the price of materials is going up yeah but he's made it a price that you can't say no to i mean it, it, pretty much i mean like it's so the product is so good that nothing else 
custom made like that is even remotely comparable. I've heard of one person breaking a pipe, but I've heard the backstory to that and they didn't use the right. And this is from, it doesn't matter, but like they just didn't mount it right is what it kind of came down to. And like, I'll say this, like Ryan, Ryan is such a good person and such a good hearted individual. Like him and I, like, like we chit chat here and there, but like, I know enough about Ryan to say like, dude, anytime that guy would need, I'm not in this club. I'm never going to be in this club, but like, and if that guy would need me to come do something for him tonight in Milwaukee, I probably drive six hours to do it for him. Like Ryan's such a good person. I can't stress that enough. Like, yeah, sorry for going on my little rant. There, man. I, I really have liked the people I've met him and Nick were the two yeah. I first met, but I uh, went on a trip up there recently with my girlfriend to pick up a Pucarado from uh, Salty Crank. Okay, uh, yeah, and I've I've I heard mean, the I've heard the name kicked around, but yeah, Mark is his first name, but he goes yeah. by Salty, and the guy was just absolute joy to talk to, and uh, you know, like these are the kind of connections I enjoy making. It's just people who are, uh, you know, just like humble collectors and enjoy, yeah, enjoy what they enjoy and enjoy you know sharing it with people. So it's it, he was a. I really want to go out there and do just a tip or whatever that ride. That's he you hyped know, it's, it up pretty good. And, it and is. It's pretty. It's looks pretty. I th- I think a lot of it is. It is a nice ride, but like you're just with moped people all weekend, and like you're just ride. It's about it's about the little bit of the party, but it's about the ride, and like that's yeah. what's so awesome. And that's actually the first time I met Ryan was at the tip, and like. Uh, he, he did something kind of foolish, but you know, he, I, I don't drink, you know, I had my six pack of Odul, I'll drink Odul's now and again. And like, I had my Odul's sitting on the back of my bike and Ryan comes just fly. He comes flying in, trying to put his tent up and knocks my beer bottle over. I'm just like, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you know how hard it is to find Odul's? I'm like, I've got four left for the whole freaking night. And it's like, I'm sorry, dude. Can I get you one? I'm like, no, dude, don't worry about it. But like, that was, well, I mean, that was our... If there's anything, at least he didn't kill your butts. You know? It's true. It's true. <laughs> but no, right, right. You know, I got, I got you, my guy. Like, right, Ryan, right. But again, I could go, I could have a podcast for three hours and talk about how cool of a cat Ryan is. Um, yeah. But we'll get going back on yours. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did the rally in Richmond and uh, actually my Bianchi couldn't keep up. It was like 25 miles an hour and very hilly in Richmond. So Justin had an extra Polini general V one is the, the famed Polini uh, kit for the Minarelli. And that was, uh, that was the revelation of me needing a kitted bike. And mm-hmm. I think that's what triggered the Polini. But anyway, yeah. No, that dude, my... like, the first time you get on a kid a bike, like, that changes your whole fucking moped world. Like, Shane Johnson destroyed my life. Like, I got, yeah. I was I was riding, like, stock hobbits. Like, and then I went to Braptails and got on his black 83, and I was like, and I, I didn't know anybody from anybody from anybody, and I got on that thing, and, like, I probably gave it half throttle. And it, it's, it, dude, it was just a simple DR on a Proma. And, mm. like, I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Bah. And, like, yeah. I don't even – I think it might have just been a notch variator, which is a 
great setup for a hobbit but it'll just like destroy my life like i've been hooked ever since yeah i don't have a stock cylinder bike anymore i don't think so <laughs> i'm gonna keep my grand prix stock ish ish no, that's a cool bike ish. by the way yeah yeah Compliment. yeah thank you yeah. um but we'll right. keep going on your story you got you got that so that was college and then uh yeah i came back from college to columbus uh from savannah and found now are you collecting bikes in college or are you just doing the poor college student thing yeah i mean i was uh, only had at any given time i only had two i mean i had the bianchi and i had the polini or, you know the poop nostalgia with the polini but yeah. the that one actually became like more of a roller because i sold the motor to uh herm baker i don't know if he's still i actually saw he i just remember names like this but uh yeah no dude that's good uh i don't remember them when i just meet a person so my apologies to the new <laughs> people but i'll remember it like 15 years ago <laughs> yeah so i sold him that motor and he turned out to like rip on it for a pretty good while but uh then i got back to columbus in around 2008 i bought my uh 1978 Magnum XK and I bought that I think I paid like 700 bucks from the original owner and it was like mint and uh, rode that home and rode it stock for a little while but then that's been kitted ever since and I still have that one in the collection so. yeah yeah what do you got what's the setup on that then uh, now it has a Geeler Doni uh tm24 cranks pipe yeah uh, has the claw cut clutch what do you think of that claw clutch like i uh, hear like i was talking to some and i'm not gonna throw the person under the bus like an old 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 head in the moped um world and he's like eh i think it's could be black magic like he hasn't he but he hasn't run it he hasn't not black magic but um ah i forget that just that snake oil snake oil that's what he there that's he what goes. he was using but yeah. like what do you think uh, i mean i think it's uh it's got a really nice slip to it and the thing that i was running into with the i had switched out a jammer three six point three and that thing kept like destroying clutch bells on me mm-hmm. so anyway like the jammer was slipping so much i would kind of lose the uh grab when the pipe would hit they would like grab right before the pipe hit and then it would break loose again. So it was doing this like weird shifty thing cause it couldn't hold. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't do a ton of experimenting with fluids, but really it was just uh, kind of getting frustrating. And so I put the claw in and like that thing grabs and it holds on. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of like finessing the takeoff, but I mean, it has all the power I really need. I don't really like building for top speed so much as like, you know, again, riding around city and make sure it's fun, stop and go. But also like, I love mid range and I mm-hmm. want it to last from like 15 to 45. I want it to be as fast as possible, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how it's set up. Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that one's, I mean, I've had a bunch of different iterations of motors on that bike and I kind of like, I will claim it that I did a side bleed. It was kind of popular that people were starting to do side bleed custom pipes before 
they really were available. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the side bleed esterol that I did before they ever hit production, you could pretty much take a picture. You could take a picture of that and put it right next to the production one. It pretty much looks the same. They just kind of like added a little, uh, the collar that holds the silencer, mm-hmm. you know, to strengthen it. But, uh, I actually had that set up down at Austin at one of the, um, you know, ACR rallies down there and Benji was there and that's where I met Benji originally. And he was like, really liking the bike, really, you know, cool and everything. And I really gracious dude. But I always wonder like who saw that and who, who took a picture of that? So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my, uh, my degree is in industrial design. Oh, okay. I kind of get, uh, you know, I've like, designed a couple of few things here and there that, and so, I, you know, I stake a claim of ownership a little bit, but okay. it's all good. Yeah. No, dude, that's fucking rad. Anybody who is pushing the window um, of evolution of these dumb children's toys, dude, I fucking love it. Like, There's yeah. Frogs coming out. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. So um, I'm always, I'm always interested in seeing what people are doing and 3d printers have really changed the game you know yeah and kind of like ways that made some of what i was doing obsolete even so uh it's it's cool to see what people are like printing out on the fly just to solve problems on their bike Mm -hmm. um (laughs) for my lee pinkerton who did that stage six on the 10 the peugeot 103 um grape ice cream on uh ma he that's how he built me a front disc brake adapter for a hobbit and that's how instead of like pressure fitting it like everybody does he's like why don't we just bolt it up make it so it slides in and you can bolt it up i'm like yeah that's sweet so and that's what he ended up doing he ended up 3d printing um the negative side of the hub so he could just literally transfer punch the three holes which is uh, just like and he's self-taught engineer like that i mean he's a chemical engineer but just mechanical engineer yeah some of the stuff that he comes up with is just rad super yeah, super that's super one of the rad. best parts about mopeds right is it brings a lot of problem solvers together yeah. and so you have enough people that go about solving problems differently and you get so many different perspectives and uh, that can you know it can be good it can be challenging too but uh like I, I enjoy that about the different types of minds that are into mopeds. You know, you get your engineers, but you get your uh, kind of just like DIY folk that aren't afraid of something. And I, I think it's that spirit that makes it interesting. It's so the like I talk to people all the time about this, like especially at work, like the owner of my company, I, people are probably sick of it. Like I jokingly say, that's probably how I got my job because he grew up in this for about, he lived in the South of France for 10 years because his dad worked for a company that did the fuel systems for Renault. And he had a one Oh three growing up as a kid. And like, we got to talk about mopeds, but like I talked to him about the people that are like into mopeds. I'm like, you got like, punk rock kids who ride trains all over the country, like jumping on trains. And then you have like, you know, industrial design, like engineers. And it's like, yeah, well, and I mean, then you I have my degree in, in that I'm, I'm a house painter, a humble house painter now. There so. you go. But like, <laughs> then you also have like chemical engineers, like 
I I can't tell you what degree Kelly from Smog Squad has who worked on the Moderna project for uh the Rona cure. I mean oh, just like yeah. every it's just such weird and then you just got dorks like me who work on lasers at work and cool. I jokingly said they're they're just mopeds, dude. They break all the time just like mopeds. So yeah, it's their beautiful simplicity, but, but things do break. They fail. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. It's it's working on the fly and figuring out like <laughs> the a fix I had today was like just cutting four blocks of wood and letting everything drop six inches on these blocks of wood and then tightening everything back up and like everybody just kind of dumbfounded looking at me. I'm like, we had to set it back to zero and it was just a loading loading issue. It's just, I mean, that's the kind of mind I I'll, I'll think outside of the box and yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, enough about me, more about you. Um, oh, that's true. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, like I, I guess that's what always drew me to it. Also, it was just the, I mean, I was tearing apart and wrenching on my bicycle before I was messing with mopeds. So it's always kind of been in the, in the wheelhouse. Uh, I think I wrenched more than my dad ever did even, but, um, but yeah, we kind of were like self-taught, like, uh, BJ taught me a lot as a kid and, you know, gave us the service manuals and whatnot, but, um, we would use like the little original service manuals to tear them apart and stuff. And I kind of got into it a little heavier, I guess, like when I moved to Texas and, uh, and I was in the Dallas Fort Worth area and actually like had a group that we could have called a gang, you know, so to speak. And that was like the, probably the only gang I would claim, um, was the fly by nights. Okay. And, uh, we were a pretty cool group, uh, good buddy greg uh was sort of like you know he and i sort of laid out like what we had hoped would would come about with it but he was just like such a uh he he's very not driven by ego and that made it really nice i i i'm always excited about this stuff and always uh trying to push myself but i mean it's actually for me it's really like i want to push my own limits and make the prettiest fastest bikes i can not to outdo anybody but myself and i know that sounds like a cliche no dude that i totally agree with you because i've had i only can compare myself to myself and like i can't worry about what the next person's doing and i'm sorry for interrupting you on that yeah yeah i mean i I really identify with you on that that's cool i mean i think that's kind of like in a in the healthiest environment that's kind of how everybody should be that was the healthiest moped club experience i ever had because i just felt like we all had the same just uh good nature about us like nobody was really like trying too hard it was just really like uh some friends that like to ride and i know it always that is that always becomes like what people say <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we just it's just mopeds and it's kind of yeah. like a shield for like other motives but i mean um yeah it was a good gang and so i went down to austin for a little while just to try that out and uh even i mean it is texas i mean come on now yeah yeah i mean i had to try it you know and i love texas i like dallas more than austin believe it or not um a lot of people hear about how amazing austin is 
and how that's the only place in Texas worth going to is what the outsiders liberals think. But I mean, <laughs> uh, Dallas is really like a world city and mm-hmm. um, the culture there was just so cool. I rode my moped everywhere. Um, you know, met a few people that rode at the time, but not really like a friend, Maya, who I met in Dallas. She's like with out West now and rides with like the land squids, I think. Right, and, uh, right on. So oh, no, it, she was on the podcast. Oh, I think she might have been. Yeah. 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 Maya. Like, you know, no, no, like Maya's a fun gypsy, crazy yeah. person so like the Maya. rest of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She hit me up like in Dallas because I was the only person on Moped Army from Dallas and it's kind of like hung out for an afternoon you know but uh did cool you trade her a bike or help her work on a bike or something no i i wasn't i i try not to do <laughs> i mean like i've helped people work on their bikes and everything and like i've done that i try not to do it so much anymore uh unless it's like i don't know i mean i when i got back here and there's some new friends that I made that kind of just like showed up when they needed their bikes worked on, you know, and I'm not about that. So um, I'm also a welder and, you know, kind of like become like Mr. Fix it and then not see anybody until they break something. And so, I mean, yeah, dude, I I just don't like being used. (laughs) So I, um, I, I got one buddy who like, he'll show up on Thursday, the ride night and like he was always really classic for oh can we work on my bike quick and finally i just like no like i'll help you work on your bike just not on ride night dude because like yeah it's never gonna go right i don't know like no i mean uh i and usually i don't really have the best answers for people when they ask me like do you think it's this and i mean i don't really know how to diagnose a bike unless i built it and to be honest, because I kind of just, when I build a bike, I go through everything and I don't leave like a stock, I don't know, mini part to fail. I just, I just don't use stock bings and tune them for a kit, you know? So (laughs) I I won't be able to tell you what atomizer you need for your 70 kit when you're using a Bing 12 or whatever. I don't know. I just, um, it's hard. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that without sounding like annoying, but I normally. No, dude, it like... totally makes sense. Cause like, I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but somebody who I know who works on mopeds for a living, like has gotten to the point now is like, I at the point where I only work on bikes I've built. Like if customer brings in a bike, they want me to work, unless I built it, I'm not going to work on it. And like, yeah. that's okay. Right on. Like, I mean, it just, it's easier, you know, I did do a Tomos. I, I don't really do Tomos very often and I don't like wrenching on them just because like, if I did, then everybody would ask me for help. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, my girlfriend, I helped her build a bike, uh, a couple years ago and, um, her sister has always dreamed of having one. So then she wanted one. So we found her a Tomos for like, I want to say like, 350 bucks yeah you're in ohio dude like you trip over 300 between a hundred dollar and 300 bikes dude midwest we trip but like it 
I mean, I had never seen a piston so covered in carbon and like <laughs> just never tended to when I took it apart. And I can't believe when I put it back together and new gaskets and everything, how quick it was because it, uh, it was just yeah. a dirty mess, but the thing is ripping. It, it was so. preserved in carbon. Okay. Yeah, right. Something like that. But um, yeah, that, that was the most recent one I helped somebody on. But yeah, I mean, I guess the dallas thing happened for a little while and we had our gang there and i kind of flirted with uh acr i guess and maybe like maybe being part of acr lester's a good friend of mine and uh, a lot of the other guys you know they're a part of that noah and uh you know anyways uh kind of came up back to ohio to get back with my family before any of that could you know amount to anything and Mm -hmm. i've just been up Columbus area since and uh, kind of when when my... was it like for moped people around Columbus like is there like a ride night because I know there's a I want to say isn't there like a few clubs in town yeah. or um <clears throat> there's a yeah there's a couple few I mean I've always been like uh on the peripheral you could say yeah of what's going on in Columbus um I've never really been allowed much input uh, let's just say um <laughs> so i mean i was part of the founding of the unofficials i'm sure you heard of unofficials yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like so I... it was about three or four of us that kind of founded that and then uh it was all good for a while but then andrew buck michael was one of the other founders and he kind of like sold his mopeds and got a motorcycle and then the other couple guys uh I mean, you know, new blood came in and kind of like commandeered the ship, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I've just, I'm, we could say I'm a dissenter, you know, <laughs> um, I, I don't really put, I don't really uh, pretend though when it comes to like, you know, just going along to get along. I don't do that. So, yeah, um, you know, when, when, the moped club starts turning into like a funnel for somebody's new moped shop that they came up with when they quit their day job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of foul. And yeah. so for a little while there, the uh, culture in Columbus kind of took a backseat a little bit because of that. And then, you know, other people kind of took the helm and I mean, uh, it sounds like it changed it changed to a vision that you didn't care for anymore, dude. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's generally how it goes here. Um, there's never really like, uh, there's never really anything that I can get down with. Yeah. That much. Uh, yeah. it's Columbus in its own culture is a city that is constantly searching for an identity. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to get, start getting a little deep here, but it's like the world's largest small town, you know? So, um, it's great for business and yeah. capital and <laughs> like, yeah, like that's what it's good for. But uh, I'm not trying to do a branding experiment, you know, like <laughs> with mopeds and like I, I ride and you know, I, the most I've done a branding project is I have like, I had weldy fab night every now and then, and I would open up my garage to, uh, like free welding for donations just to help pay for the gas or whatever. And just as a way to like bring people together and maybe like fix that broken 
uh, Tomo's seat, you know, Mo- catch. Yeah, yeah, the things that always break for people. So, oh, dude, you know, I, I would do you. that, and and that was a pretty cool thing. That's the only thing that I've ever really done that I feel like uh, was all like self-started. But yeah, I mean, there's still like group rides and whatnot. Um, but let's just say that like I'm probably not welcome. So yeah, <laughs> um, but- yeah. Uh, I tried to I tried to make the piece, but uh, you know we just didn't really make it happen. Hey, dude, shit happens. I still like I open my mouth all the time. And I say stupid things a lot. And, you know, I I have the inept ability to let shit go because I have learned in life it's too short for me to carry a resentment against anybody. So, yeah. like, whatever, man. It's it's just we're, we're just have fun. Let's let's go ride some bikes like, yeah. I don't know. Like I, like I said, I tried something this winter just with a kit and it failed miserably today. And I was so pissed. I'm like my first fast ride of the year and I fucking shank a kit, but you know what, dude, whatever. It's, it's just mopeds. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I will get going on the, it's just mopeds thing if you want me to, but no, uh, and and that's a double-edged sword too, because like, it, it's it, a can, shield, bro. It's it can drive it can drive bullshit. me nuts when people are like eh, it's just moped no you gotta take some shit serious but like it's also my decompression valve too if i want to get i mean I, I just up. know that it's just mopeds and like just wanting to keep it mopeds is why some people on mopeds didn't show up to black lives matter rally when some of us on mopeds showed up and kind of like i don't know it felt empowering to use a moped for good yeah. and like to, uh, to me, mopeds have always been anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've run from the cops a few times in my life, but I've only gotten <laughs> away on a moped to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So actually as a kid, I, I ducked behind my orthodontist's garage and like dodged the cops one time. <laughs> Cause I was like flying through a park and hopping wheelies over the speedo bumps and stuff. Dude, that's fucking uh, rad. But I mean, I just love, I love everything about how mopeds are sort of like a way to cheat the system. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of getting expensive to tag in here in Ohio. If you're legal about it, it's a must, it's really almost as expensive as like tagging a motorcycle or a car. How bad uh, is it me. in Ohio? It's like 55 bucks a year. Oh, like I think Minnesota, I don't even, I tagged a whole bunch because there's a cheat code in Minnesota. You can actually tag two years in advance. So I just, oh, cool. well, I did two or three bikes and my expensive cars, like I paid out a lot of money that year, but like, I think it's like 20 or 30 bucks in Minnesota and you have to have tags and you have to have insurance and like, oh really? Yeah. We oh, don't yeah. have to have insurance, but I mean, yeah, I haven't really ever been hassled by the cops uh for riding either i i mean i'm probably like one of the very few people that pays as much attention to making them pretty as i do making them fast yeah and i don't pretend to be like ashamed of that or anything no dude but, that's uh, fucking rad you got some like, clean looking bikes thank you cops don't don't really give you shit if you don't look like you're riding a death trap you know and uh <laughs> i mean i don't have any love for them but 
if they give me a pass for riding a clean bike, then that's just the kind of pass I'm looking for, you yeah. know, uh, because it's something in the thing I control. But um, for the most part, I'm out there breaking the law on my moped and oh, yeah. flying well above the speed limit. So oh, yeah. I kind of get shit for riding fast, actually. And I really, I, I guess it's a comfort level. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, my girlfriend doesn't have any problem keeping up and we, we have a great time riding around together. So yeah. dude, that's rad. Um, a couple questions. You talked about like the hell Satan's rally and you talked about ACR. Like what are, what's the farthest you've ever drove or flow to a rally? Like, have you done the hop of the flight and get a loaner bike? Deal I never or? have. Uh, well, so I, I mean, technically probably the longest I drove was from here when i was on my way down to move to texas i went to a rally in st louis okay and that was with the uh ire okay i've heard that's an old club yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so like tom bramer was in it um he's probably like the main person i stay in touch with if at all but um it was just so cool man they had like a compound uh i've like i've never seen where it was like a a wall around this property in the middle of the city <laughs> and the guy had like a field of Volkswagen buses and I got to spend the night sleeping in a camper bus by myself. It was like a fairy tale. It was crazy. Yeah, dude. So I'm driving down to Texas with a Pook Magnum in the back of my sedan and I get to stay and I borrowed a Motobacane uh, Le Moped the black and gold one for that rally. Okay. And a buddy of mine when I was a kid had one of those. So it was kind of like, you know, nostalgic for me. And that was a really great rally. We rode to like the top of some big, huge dirt hill next to, a, uh, there's like a city museum in St. Louis. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's no, kind of I've driven by St. Louis like a half dozen times, but I've never actually stopped for any reason. Yeah, it was pretty good time running around. And uh, otherwise, I mean, when I lived in Texas, we drove to the rally in Chicago. Okay. And that was, I want to say, Brobecue. Or who was put? Who's putting that one on? Was that, uh, that was MCR? Petty Cash. Oh, that was Petty, Petty Cash? Cash. Okay. Yeah. And then, I mean, the shirt here is probably from Retirement Party. I've probably been to like three or four, probably four Chicago rallies. Okay. Um, you know, I think the last one being 2016 National Rally. Yep. And I went to that one. I actually boxed in that one. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. I, How'd I you do boxing? Uh, it was a it was a win. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know they said it. <laughs> they said it was the best fight of the night, and oh. I didn't have to ice my face the rest of the night so i don't know there you go tough guy <laughs> yeah i mean it was, it was something i had wanted to do for years like going to that rally like getting your adrenaline up when everybody's doing it yeah i, I mean i had uh, just broken up with a girl i'd been uh you know like codependent with and yeah. so i was like spreading my wings and i was like fuck it or i don't know are we allowed to cuss on this yeah dude swear okay. as much as you want i don't get enough YouTube <laughs> yeah i mean i was standing there that. like fuck it let's let's and i waited until they needed a challenger 
and I was just like, all right, let's go. And uh, it was exhilarating. I probably wouldn't do it now, given the lack of, you know, proper insurance. It's not, <laughs> not too smart in risk management, but uh, it's something, you know, I'm, I could say I'm now like, you know, I did it. So there you go, my guy. Um, yeah. so, so you hit those Chicago rallies. Uh, those are probably, probably yeah, good ones. So was that your, was that boxing one? Like, what's your favorite rally you've been to? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, favorite. I mean, they're all no, kind of special. Your first rally. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that seems magical. You know, looking back is, is that one. Yeah. Uh, the one I came up to Chicago from, it's probably one of the Chicago rallies, to be honest. I mean, they're right always on, my dude. favorite. But we threw some good rallies with the unofficials here in Columbus. Mm-hmm. We had two uh, before it sort of like dissolved. And, uh, but one of, I mean, we had this campsite that was actually like a performance center. I guess they had like com- camping of the juggalos or something at this nice. thing. Nice. <laughs> it's like some kind of like big venue with a stage and everything. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one of the guys that was part of the group at the time had a connection and was able to rent us that for the weekend. So we had a pretty good run there with that place. And my, my buddy, Johnny two stroke would uh, bring his wood fire pizza oven and make pizzas for people on the fly. Dude, yeah, that's you so pretty much like, pick your toppings and he would make your pizza for you right there. That's it was beautiful. so good. Yeah. yeah. It was good that's right. We gave away a couple really beautiful uh, raffle bikes too, like, uh, bright green Vespa Grande, and uh, that one didn't run very well. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I painted it, and it's a raffle bike, it. people. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one was like, we have this guy, uh, Chris James, here in town, who he's also in the kind of like creative space, uh-huh. and he manages a lot of like, uh, I guess you could say like promotional material type projects for limited group and other corporations around town okay so like he was working on some they do like it's called like uh vacuum plating but it's like a plastic chrome it really looks like chrome but Mm -hmm. i mean you can pretty much plate anything with this stuff and so he was like what if we do a whole frame and they made a purple chrome uh minarelli bike nice yeah, a little step through, but it's like, yeah, it, it looked pretty amazing. So, yeah, always yeah. like purple, you know. But, yeah, yeah. Um, the unofficials, uh, we had a good little run there, and um, you know, around town though, there's different groups. I mean, my homies probably one of my buddies, uh, Coda, just left town unfortunately. But he headed up your way, kind of towards. I think he's in uh, Minneapolis area. Oh, okay. Or, wait. Is he in Minneapolis or Milwaukee? I don't remember, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> one of those. But like, uh, you'll do well. I'll get a hold of him, tell him to get on the Minnesota moped page, dude. We're always, yeah, yeah. He's probably taking a little time off of the mopeds. He kind of had some bad luck with him here. Uh, yeah. just like his his bike being he, he was like always working on everybody else's bikes, kind of one of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, super smart dude. Uh, very capable wrench, and uh, anyway, but they kind of started this. There was like a couple years ago, there was just like a, 
so much energy with mopeds in Columbus and new riders and people we've never seen getting bikes. And it was like really exciting there for a while for me. And, uh, and then everybody started making groups and branching off into groups and kind of making in and out. And so these friends of mine, they started the cat piss moped club and it's sort of just like a joke i mean yeah but, uh, but yeah i'm not really trying to be part of any group that will have me so to speak. <laughs> um, i mean yeah I'm, we me and my girlfriend are kind of like our own our own little crew but i'll ride with anybody that's uh you know happy go lucky and yeah, actually dude. like you know chill yeah but, but yeah it's uh it's uh it's gonna be an exciting year i mean i've got a lot of projects in the works and kind of some new riders and whatnot so mm -hmm. um and want to talk about the bike that i got i got a hold of you about was that uh pook that uh yeah. magnum with the chrome illusion i believe i'm not sure what paint system you use to paint that but like want to talk about that build a little bit yeah um love to that's kind of like the what i call like you know like full flex uh, yeah <laughs> i was still working at an industrial design firm at the time um and i was a prototype and finishing specialist for them so you know like the new craftsman line of tools that you see at lowe's like i prototyped that in the shop before production so we would do a lot of like pre-production models and whatnot so i had a what you would consider a moped riders playground mm -hmm. i had access to like end mills, uh, metal lathe, you know, vacuum forming machines, 3D printers, laser cutter, pretty much anything you need. <coughs> and, um, but my job was to do the finishing. So I, I really was like at the top of my game with paint work at the time. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of chose that paint job after doing spray out cards of probably like 10 or 15 different colors and not being able to decide. And uh, that is, it's called uh, Solus is the name of the color. And it's a, uh, it's a pearl from a company called Didspade. Okay. So it's not powder coat. Um, no. It's paint. But uh, who that, owns it? Cause it, I mean, not to interrupt you cause that is still something that halfway intrigues me is the painting world. Um, is that a water-based paint or was it a solvent? Oh, no, no, no. That was a custom mix. I actually mixed it. Uh, but I'm saying, like, what's the ba what's the chemical makeup of it? Like, because, like, is it a solvent-driven? Is it a water-based-driven paint? Oh, or... it's solvent for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is an automotive uh, yeah. clear coat, like catalyzed clear on yeah. top. Okay. But, and um, it was automotive-based coat. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, it's – to get that paint job, it's, uh, I mean, I did a bunch of body work because oh, yeah. it was, you got, yeah, dude, that shit, trust me. Like, and I don't know if, I don't know how much, I always feel like I have to remind people cause no, I feel still this day. I feel like nobody listens to the show. Like yeah. my family, we were a tester for do for, um, DuPont oh, yeah. for the Chrome illusion product. And it was a, okay. like Kevin, who was like a big brother to me. And the guy is so awesome. He finally got out of automotive work. Um, he was really talented then, and even now he's even 30 years later, but he's like, it's nothing like I ever shot in my life. Like with the Chrome Illusion, you had to pretty much just drop, and you know as a painter, you had to drop coat the whole thing. Like you had to stand about two feet back and just let it just 
fall on your product because otherwise it would it wouldn't it wouldn't um atomize correctly oh I it mean, was just I was it was the weirdest shit ever kevin said and this was back in 94 95 yeah like, i'm sure things have changed but i mean yeah. i didn't have too much of a time with it basically like you know after primer it was two or three coats of a black base base coat Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mixed a pearl that I purchased into what's called an inner coat clear. Yep. Which is basically just clear coat, but without the catalyzation in it. Is so it that, and it's got kind of more of a matte to it, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah, it's it? like a base coat. I mean, yeah. basically, it's just base coat clear. Yeah. Um, so that I mixed the pearl in that to suspend the pearl, and I still have some of that. It's so cool, man, when you like when you stir it in and you like yeah. look at it, it looks like oil slick spinning around uh, it's, it's really pretty cool. trippy shit like yeah. like when especially when you're mixing like watching like kind of blend out and atomize like oh it, it's fucking it's just rad like yeah so i did that or uh, maybe it's the paint fumes i was huffing i don't know what was it? No. <laughs> i mean i stay maxed up you yeah, know a... dude i was joking people like i was People, never yeah they, they worry my mom my mom stays worried about that but uh, <laughs> I, I keep my ppe on deck so yeah yeah uh, but yeah that was two coats of black three coats of pearl um with the inner coat yep clear and then three coats of clear on top uh-huh. and i had to actually respray the uh tank one time because i got a run with the pearl Ooh. and like I mean, you couldn't mess up like with no, that stuff. No, you can't. There's no messing up. So, well, like, yeah, dude, I could go on and on. Like, I just want to bl- tell how great Kevin was. But you tell yeah. your story. Like, that bike it did. Uh, it was a, like a show placer. It didn't win or anything. Um, but I got like third at a show in Cincinnati called nice. uh, Garage Brood. It's like, uh, and so I took third in the small cc category you know like anything under 250 nice dude and uh, it was pretty and cool. you made the moped rich calendar with it i mean yeah God. Hey, that i mean cool. that's the real prize okay i've been waiting years you know <laughs> three uh, to be exact <laughs> is that is this only a third one i think it's his third year maybe fourth i don't know okay. but like yeah this is actually the first time getting a copy too so i was really excited to see the other bikes that made it yeah um, i'm a big fan of ed manhart's work and oh yeah um, ed is like so much med- super clean build so meticulous like yeah can't stress enough anybody wants a premier bike get it from ed yeah like, oh yeah he's uh he's not messing around but no. then of course uh doug i think he's uh, in there as meat smoke towards the end yeah yeah but, uh, i've kind of followed his work for a while and like his style too it's kind of similar to like rogue builds or whatever mm-hmm. if you remember that guy no i don't like i've only been in like three four years man so like okay. that's half the fun of the podcast for me because like I am kind of a weird his. Sorry about that. I'm a weird history person. So like, anything I enjoy, I want to know about. Like, I have to know, and I want to know about the culture and the scene, and like, and I try to stay away from the dirt because like anybody yeah. you'll find dirt on. But like, I want well, to know like why. Here. Yeah, no, dude. Like, <laughs> any no, no, dude. Anybody who's been around anything long enough can have resentments and say, you know what, fuck that guy and the goddamn horse he rode in on like no nah, dude but i mean yeah. it's all about just being fun with it man like yeah i mean i'm trying to just builds. like this year uh I, i'm gonna kind of let like what we do in the garage kind of bring people around if they want to come around you know 
and I, I still have my friends here uh, riding, but I mean, uh, like as the things split off and everybody made their little clubs a couple years ago is when I sort of pulled back from quote unquote the scene because uh, I don't know. I, I just don't, I, I literally don't want to be in a moped club. Like I all respect to anybody who does, but like, I just am tired of the patched up vest. Like try, try to dress punk and go to your corporate job during the week. It just, to <laughs> me, like I'm calling that out because I have the freedom to, I'm self-employed, so I don't, yeah. I don't really have to like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, can, I can pick up what you're saying, dude. Like I'm a social misfit. And like I say all the time, like, dude, I'm fucking crazy. And like, I probably like anybody wants me would want me to be in the club. I will fuck it up and get prospect patch pulled like that. Like I, yeah. I just say that's me though. Well, if, if your club accepts open descent, I mean, basically any group, in my opinion, worth being in should welcome dissent to promote like growth, you know, and I just haven't found that uh, in mopeds. I, I find that there's like a, like toxic positivity to uh, like, you know, it's just mopeds because it's not just mopeds when you're hoarding like, 50 bikes like there's something else going on you know what i'm saying uh but yeah that's why i don't know i I try to keep other hobbies going on too to keep things fresh so that way i don't burn myself out on mopeds alone i think that's a recipe for disaster oh yeah it's there's the fine balance of life dude like and i have the addictive personality so like i have limited myself to maximum of 10 bikes yeah, I mean like, that's like that's that's, good, that's, that's move, the max, though. and I have, and that counts the two that are show pieces because basically I don't have room in my garage for them. I mean I that's what you. it came. That's why they're in my basement. Like I don't want to have. I've got like a 1950s. It was a two car garage, but it, you know, there's I don't know how you get two cars in my garage. Yeah. But, so like I've got five, six bikes up there right now. I got these two. I've got. I mean. I could get more. For a more, couple of years, but, though, that's uh, you know you're picking them up quick. That's well, you know I have a thing for hobbits, so like somehow like I've got three hobbits in there. I've got a Grand Prix of Vespa, so that's five. I've got yeah. my boss's motorbicane, that's six. I mean, yeah, these two, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they, the thing about having pets is like every Joe Schmo that's trying to get rid of one in their garage will be like, Oh, you like mopeds? I have this moped. And so I think that's what kind of leads to people accidentally having more than they might set out to. Yep. Uh, And you know, anybody that has a shop has probably found that, but yeah, I'm somewhere similar to you. Like it's definitely under 10. I probably have like seven or eight tops. And like, I have to tell myself, no, like I see, like I'll see a deal. It's like, nope. You have bikes you need to work on. You have projects you have to do. Yeah. You don't get to have that. Like that's where I am. Yeah. I mean, like I'm I'm actually for the first time building some bikes to sell, just yeah. to kind of cut the numbers in my garage because, uh, you know, I re- I recognize that like the money would better be placed somewhere else. So I kind of set a goal 
and I'm going to, you know, like we're, we've got goals of maybe someday owning a house. So yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm trying to like pay out, pay down a little bit of debt and I'm going to, I'm building some bikes for the first time to sell because people have always asked me like, do yeah. you sell these? Can I buy it? And yeah. I've always been pretty like sentimental about my bikes and it's uh, hard, it's hard, dude, especially like I get sentimental about stock bikes and I can't yeah. imagine like the bikes you build and like just how clean and how awesome of a job you do. Like, oh, yeah, thank you. No, I mean, like I, I got, I put a lot yeah. into them, but oh yeah. And yeah. you won't see your money out. You'll see some money, but like... yeah, I mean, actually like, you know, because of collecting for years uh, and years, like I've tried to be as close to the even line as possible. So, you know, if it means that like, I, when I bought my Badavis and I decided to motor swap it, I I put up the original motor for sale and found somebody that had a Badavis that needed parts. So like, you know, I'm not always out here trying to make money off of a bike or yeah. anything, but I definitely do what I can to break even if it means yeah. welding up something for somebody and, or whatever I can do to keep my money out of mopeds. I do that but yeah. I recognize some of my credit card debt is definitely from <laughs> treats orders. And that's why like selling some bikes is what I'm doing to pay off. But it's, it's amazing because like to finally spend the time selling or, or like building them to sell, it actually has for the first time in several years uh, kind of freed me to have fun with the building and not feel pressured. Yeah, because like I have taken on projects for people where I felt like under the gun to get it to them in a certain amount of time or I'm there with you, my guy, because like back to that boss, he told me, he goes, if you ever find a blue motorbike, I want it. I'm like, yeah. and it was when I was going out to get the Grand Prix. I'm like, well, you know how I said I was leaving out east to get a bike? Yeah, I showed him the bike I was getting. Look at that in the corner. That's for sale. He goes, get it for me. Uh, so, so but the problem is like I drugged my feet all winter and like he paid me some money for it. He's like, here's some money. I want it running. I want it. And like, I'm just That's like, I'm trap, not getting, man. yeah. Well, I go to him. I go, I told him last week, I go, I want to give you your money back. He goes, why? I go, I'm not going to have it done. And I don't want to feel like I, I, I don't mind owing, owing a corporation, like my mortgage or like, a few hundred yeah. dollars on a credit card. I don't mind, but individuals, I hate owing money to hate it, especially your, my boss. And I'm like, no doubt because I don't want to feel like he goes, Jim, I tell you what, I'm not going to gain any money like that sitting in the bank, gaining interest. It's not going to make me any money. He goes, I don't care if it takes a year, just that get the bike done. He goes, Let's see, the does... people think you're doing a doing you a favor and giving you all that time, but like, I'm... dude, it's gonna be next spring. The bike isn't gonna be done. I'm gonna be thrashed. I know. You... I know. It, the the worst thing you can do is tell me take your time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want your shit back, tell yeah. me take your time because well, uh, fuck I the tank. ADHD. <laughs> yeah, dude, the tank was so like I bought it and like the guy cleaned it out, and he probably did one coating of evaporust, but like. When I got it home and actually cracked the thing open, I saw a little bit of rust in there. I'm like, uh-oh. And then I finally cleaned it out. 
Oh my god, dude, that thing was Dirty just man. a pig. It was just rinse fun, after man. rinse after rinse after rinse. Makes you was a, appreciate a top tank, right? Oh uh, no, dude, fuck that shit. I want a Hobbit. Give me a Hobbit. Uh, I can remove my tank. Oh, well, I suppose you can on the Hobbit too. I don't really mess with those, but yeah, variation. <laughs> I, I came, over I came close to uh, putting the Hobbit drivetrain on a HS50 Badavis. Okay, yeah, yeah dude, that would have been awesome. Small top tank, but it's it was just a little small for me, and mm-hmm. I ended up parting it out, whatever. Yeah. But shit happens, dude. You know, um, you talked a little bit about this year and the future for you and Mopez, like. Do you think you can get out and do some rallies this year? Like, it's starting to pop yeah. off. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, we're obviously stir crazy like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It was cool to, like, go up north and even just visit Salty and talk to Mopez last year, but I definitely am itching to hit a rally or whatever. Um, we had thought about doing Nashville, and I'm kind of still to- toying with the idea. You should. Yeah, it's just that it – it coincides it's just like about a week or two before i want to go up north um i'm going to visit like trevor mopeds up there in buffalo and kind of do some wrenching up there with him so basically he's going to help me swap the the guy's like a super mechanic with Mm -hmm. vehicles not just mopeds but uh cars so like he invited me up i've got a motor to throw in my car swap out real quick while we're up there and do moped stuff at the same time. So I kind of don't want to take the Subi, but I'm just getting terrible gas mileage with it motor as it is. So Dude, uh, that's happening in my Subaru right now. Like, and I, I'm just, I don't care. I'm getting like, I'm only getting like 20 on that. Like that's highway. like, yeah, I'm like 22 and it's just, even on the highway, I'm at like 24 at the best 23. Same here. And, I'm thinking it was the winter, dude. I'm good. That's what I'm going to blame it on. Like, the yeah, winter. maybe. I don't know. I used but, to get like uh, high, low thirties with it. So I don't know what the really? hell, like, yeah. yeah. But I've got, uh, I've got my Volkswagen CC, which that thing, I went out to the zero swap meet a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. That th- 60 bucks. That's all it cost me to drive nice. from Minnesota to Ohio. And I hate that I have to do it, but getting that easy pass was the greatest thing I ever did to go out East. Yeah, I definitely have a ticket that needs paid that has to do with, like, that trip up north. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see the benefits of that, man. We, yeah, we've got a trailer that I'm hoping to put into service with carrying mopeds around. And, yeah, unfortunately, it's got the Subaru motor on it right now. So, like, if I go to Nashville, I have to get the motor off the trailer first. <laughs> it just gets a little complicated. So yeah, I we're, can we're definitely going to go to the Black Pipes Rally. Um, well, it's like next door to you. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, right. And I mean, those guys are great. So yeah, I uh, actually got I knew um, <clears throat> a few of the Black Pipes, but I got to meet some of the other ones at the Zero Swap meet, which made me happy because like you just hear about people like just that they're rad, rad guys, and like yeah. Like and they they lived up to it. They're shooting guns off like little BB guns. <laughs> oh yeah! At the they're having target practice at like midnight on Saturday, which was hilarious. I could get down with that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I went up there and got a derby from. Well, Chris Hope kind of orchestrated the sale, and uh, he's such a rad guy. Been an inspiration to watch. Yeah, he's been doing it up going across country and whatnot. So, uh, looking forward to 
rallying with them and kind of seeing what it's like riding up there. Cause I just, as far as like cities in Ohio go, uh, it, it just seems more and more like I appreciate the people in the Cleveland area the most. <laughs> and I kind of like what's going on. It just seems like a more creative environment than like the, the vibe here you could say okay yeah i mean, I mean sometimes course, you need yeah. to change the scenery have you thought about the legion rally at all no where's where's that uh Is philly. That philly? yeah 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 i, I would love to go there actually. i'm thinking it all depends like what all goes down with me and bakers and if i survive like mentally mopeds after that didn't that but, happen in um, the northwest yeah, yeah oregon trail baby cool <laughs> um I definitely want to get out to Legion because that'll be like kind of my, I try to make it out to the East coast every year. And like, I don't know if I don't consider Nashville East coast for some reason. I don't no, know. No, no, like, no. I mean, Nashville's rad and the guys there are fucking, the dagger boys are fucking awesome. Uh, Joe is so fucking, he's just a ch- awesome chill guy. I but mostly like, know them from Instagram, but like yeah. uh, I bought some wheels from Joe recently and, Dude, he uh, was cutting deals. Yeah. Deals. I got the Corrado mags. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm restoring the Corrado. That was actually. The, I almost got those, but they don't have, have, they didn't have brake plates. Oh, I'm going to put a disc. That might have been a different one. I'm doing okay. a disc brake on the front anyway. Okay. And they actually, for those in the know, they accept uh, the snowflake trick that Ed came up with mm-hmm. using the pulley. Oh, okay. So yeah, it has yeah. the that... same brake drum size as a snowflake. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mention, but like my the what kind of like spurned my love for Pooks, I guess, besides the Pook nostalgia I had as a kid, was uh, I had a G3 as a kid that I traded in and got a '95 Pook Corrado. Oh wow, dude! Uh, I had a Corrado, and when I weighed about 125 pounds. Oh shit! Buy turbo on it and fuck like, you were going sixty. <laughs> I mean, we were doing yeah. It was over forty. It was my fast. Yeah. It was like the fastest uh, bike in my group of friends, and they mm-hmm. all had like two speed Tomoses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Why is this?" You know, but uh, I sold that to a friend who cracked the frame. So like every oh. moped I sold got destroyed by the next owner. <laughs> and Dude, that I just know, tells like, you your timing's perfect. Right? Your yeah. timing is perfect. I, mean, I guess, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've, yeah, I've always had a love for the Corrado stuff, and so like, I was so happy to get one finally. And Salty gave me a hard time for like driving so far to get it, but uh, they're just harder and harder to find now. You know. Did complete. you get a deal on it at least? You don't yeah, have to I mean, say the number. Know, it was a. No. It was a good. You there know you what? Go. I I pay like I, I'm not pretend to be like money bags around here, but yeah. I pay like what I think a fair deal is. Yeah. And, like I, I happen to be friends with uh, the infamous Avery that's here in town here mm-hmm. in Columbus and people. And see, you know what the thing about it is I don't know any of the drama and I don't care to know any of the drama Well, because then I don't, because again, it's, it's something that happened that didn't involve me. So I don't give a shit. Like, let me give you the shorts on uh, the psychology of it all. Is is it's always like a little bit of like call somebody something that you may be feeling at odds with yourself. So, I mean, like, 
he's catching hell from one person in particular that on Moped Army on the regs for his pricing that is totally fair. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, I, I just guess I find his pricing fair because I value the stuff and I'm a collector. Yeah. But we've always been able to work together to find something that's like amicable. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was actually probably my first group ride was riding with Avery, Lou Lanning, uh, who actually is now out in Portland. Uh, okay. Lou Vanning. I don't know what he goes, but Louis, Louie, he uh, does the van life thing now. And uh, nice, but he's a Columbus mopeder. That, so we had a group ride from Handy Bikes before I went to college. And that's how I got the bat, Bianchi that I took with me. I bought it from some guy that was there, but it's just like some of these people are still around, you know, and it, Alex and Avery are two of them. I don't know. It, it was just kind of like I'm right in the middle of the winter though. We rode like in the snow. It was oh, pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah. I yeah. got such a kick out of it because he was like, you guys are crazy. And uh, the closest yeah. I ever got to riding in the snow was like a, about three weeks ago when we had a 40 degree day my street was just snow covered but the sidewalks weren't and i knew all the roads that didn't have any snow on them so i rode on the sidewalk till i got to the main road and then i rode i rode for about 20 30 minutes but yeah yeah that's pretty funny i've never actually ridden in the snow but uh when i was commuting to work on the other side of town uh for one year i had a free spirit that i built that i made the intake for it and it actually iced over on the ride because the condensation on the outside of the intake from the hot motor air or whatever it made water condense on the outside of the intake and then that froze over so i like instagrammed a picture of my iced over air intake or you know intake manifold one year it was pretty funny i've seen them frost up but i've never seen them ice over well that's That's... what i mean you know Yeah, yeah like it was like completely frosted yeah. And I was like wearing coveralls over, over my clothes just to stay warm, and uh, <laughs> tune tune for the thirty degree weather, and you can still rip through to winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite bikes. Uh, I I don't have a free spirit in the collection anymore, but I do love a Pook free spirit. There is something about those, like the free spirits. They're pretty. They are a rad bike, like, and the puka i have behind me here like <laughs> hoarder i i dubbed him hoarder eric and he kind of ran with the name oh, um, i've seen them go by yeah, that yeah yeah he's a good kid like don't get me wrong and he's not even a kid he's like 35 i thought he was like this 20 year old forever but fucking eric i would buy a cheap puka and i'd look at my garage for like three weeks and i basically got sick of rolling it out to work on stuff and I just hit him up. I'm like, Eric's a Eric's a sucker. He'll buy it. And like, uh, honestly, I never. I think I made off of Eric thirty bucks selling bikes because I was just like, who do I want to sell it to cheap that I'm not gonna get hassled? Like, because if I put it yeah. up, I'm gonna get hassled. Eric, I knew would come and buy it. But like, he hit me up as soon as he saw I bought another Pook. He's like, so when am I gonna buy that from you? Never. Like, I'm this one's just gonna sit here until I get good and ready to do something with it. Actually, now. Yeah, I bought a really cherry Pook Maxi a year or two ago that I thought was going to be like that, but I ended up letting it go when that derby became available because I was like, hey, I can't 
I can't keep them all, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not selling one of the magnums, but. Uh, and Jared yeah. from the Zeros probably isn't getting a snowflake back anytime soon because. Oh, you borrowed that. Yeah, <laughs> I borrowed it to get it home because he's like, I don't know where the wheel is. It's on another bike. Just take the snowflake. Bring it back to me when you come back next time. Jared, you're gonna have to find me. Actually, I think I've got a set of five star mags. Fuck! I just remembered. I promised somebody I'd buy. Okay. Well, those so... are way better anyway. So. Oh yeah, dude. Know. Like yeah, yeah. Fuck a snowflake. Five... Yeah, you're right. Fuck a snowflake. They're ugly. I yeah, said not... it. And know what? The Indian to... ones are just as ugly. I said that too. I like the ones that come on the Indian. No, they're fucking ugly, dude. I can't oh, like. And again. It's my opinion. So yeah. to anybody else, it shouldn't matter. Like, I don't sure. know the five star. I love the three. I love the three spot, like the three fins that uh, derbies have. Like, and guess what, people? I gave people shit a long time about derbies. I don't care. Ride whatever you want. If it makes you oh, happy, I, that's right. I really hate step through derbies the way they look. But I mean, I've got the respect for. Nah, give me a girl's bike any day, dude. I'll I'll rock that step through. It's no big deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely. It, it's it looks like a moped caricature off of like a family guy episode that to <laughs> me is what a derby step through looks like you know it looks like a the prize in a showcase of a cartoon version of wheel of fortune <laughs> and 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 like not a good prize you know what i mean <laughs> but the, uh the hiccup with me and this is my only 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 gripe about derbies they're too tall like oh, i mean for me i like that i mean i i want a low moped and okay. that's like the that's that spanish influence coming up as a kid like i love low rider cars like get my shit low to the ground like well you'll I, like the maxi i'm building now to to let go because uh it's gonna be slammed dude I that's mean, the way to fucking do it that's low so... and it'll have a long uh new cobra seat from okay. treats on it Right on, right on. And poop nostalgia wheels. So that'll be a pretty, pretty. I'm actually doing like an A55 aerosol kit on a poop okay. E50. Nice. And then I have the intake stud location relocated so that it fits a Tomos, or I mean a poop intake. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, yeah, it'll be one bike for sale. And I'm building a, Maxi with a kitted ZA50 for a local guy and chrome spoke wheels on that one. You know and what? Then... I'll, I'll confess this to you. Down in New Orleans was my first time ever being on a ZA50. Like, okay. uh, buddy of mine, Mark, I just hit him up. I'm like, I heard you're going to New Orleans. He goes, yeah. I go, do you want to bring a bike for me? He goes, you're going? I'm like, well, I am now. Like, he threw me on a ZA, dude. That thing ran like a champ. Like, and I know, I think he listens to the show now and again. But, like, dude, Mark, again, thank you so much for that freaking ZA, dude. That thing was awesome. Yeah, they're cool. I've only owned one before. But uh, I regretted selling it. And so uh, (laughs) I sold it as a complete bike to a friend who took it out west and ran it for a good while. But uh, now I've got the tools that recently became available i think mlm made them i'm not sure the amish the the, amish yeah (laughs) they made this like crank spacing tool or you know the shimming tool yep basically made reproduction tools of the za50 tools 
Yeah. And there's been a set of ZA50 stock tools like kicking around Columbus because when handy bikes went under, uh, or wait, basically like as they were going to sell off, uh, BJ kind of gave some of us a call. I got some Peugeot wheels that I got at a nice price before, you know, everything sold to the new ownership. And, uh, but basically like that was a talk about drama. That was a, <laughs> that was a thing because the guys, so like there was two sales of handy bikes, mm-hmm. but when I was a kid, there was the one owner and it was all good. BJ, BJ basically ran the show when it came to the moped things. Right. But then when I went to college and just after college, they sold to this new guy who was a total jerk I mean, yeah. like, he had bike biz as his license plate on his like car, but he basically bought the bike shop as like a, you know, treat, treat to himself to like, but he seemed like kind of loosely connected to organized crime because of the people that he hired for mechanics. And I worked in a, a different bike shop around town and I would hear people coming in to my bike shop being like, yeah, I had my bike in there for service and it came back with lower spec parts. So they were like switching out people's stuff and putting like crappier parts on their bike. <laughs> what? So skeezy. Yeah. Yeah. So then Howard was his name. He was what a jerk. Uh, he literally like when you would go in and show respect to BJ, it was like he got offended because he wanted to be the man. Mm. He wanted to be the man, but he realized he couldn't be as long as BJ was there. So he kind of just saddled BJ with all this BS work in the back and tried to keep him like out of the limelight. Yeah. The limelight and, uh, of mopeds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but like at the time, you know, like this was when I was sort of realizing that people were getting hip to be with handy bikes because the bandits had come up, up from Kentucky and yeah. visited and picked over the parts. And so BJ had like a, poster in the back with, with had you know nate bandit and all the other bandits on there <laughs> so uh that was like kind of a revelation but um but yeah anyway howard sold the stuff to 77 and dan reached out and like was like hey you can help us load up the trailers and you know get some parts if you want here and there for your help well, it turned out in between the trailers coming, uh, <coughs> Howard's guys were selling like derby engine cases and shit for scrap to the oh, scrappers. Geez. So they were taking like prized moped stuff yeah. to the scrappers. And because one of our dudes was friends with the scrappers and told the scrappers, anytime you see a moped thing, give me a call. And he goes by Scrap Master. It's Matt yeah uh, shout out to matt uh he found out about it through his grapevine and then they actually like sued i mean it beca- it got ugly because the stuff was paid for yeah and it was inventory that was paid for and it's supposed to go to 77 and and instead these like criminals were yeah you know, trying to unload it for pennies on the dollar and yeah, yeah. who knows how many like you know oh yeah or like Like, rare cases got melted down it's kind of sad to think but but yeah anyway that was uh (laughs) handy bikes uh it actually is a hustler store now 
Nice, dude. I mean, yeah. One addiction. I mean, they kind of like make yeah. sense. It, it's dude, full circle. Full the circle. Guy, the guy Howard. Uh, well, yeah, there's the connection to 77. I mean, Hustler, I don't know. It all works, right? Yeah. <laughs> a porn, what? Yeah. No, no, wait. We're going to not talk about the terrible Sanford. Anyways, yeah. Um, so. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, anyways, this year, I don't know. You asked me about this year, and I guess it's just the goal is to kind of Dude, like, you got to come down to Nashville just because we're thinking that's going to be the huge rally of the year. Nobody seems like it. Like, I, yeah. I know there's a contingent of people. When I say contingent, there'll be more than four of people yeah. coming from Minnesota. Like I'm yeah. going, dude. Like I've already got like that's gonna be my spring rally. Then Baker's dozen. Like that's just what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm I taking mean, off from work uh, Thursday, and I'm gonna drive through the night. I think I might crash at a buddy's place in Nashville. Um, cool. Who's driving? Rally right. Yeah, but like Thursday night, Friday morning, and he's not—he's not even from Nashville, so like, which is kind of weird. Who is? Anyways, right? like, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, isn't that one of those transplant towns where everybody's from everywhere else? Well, he his his stepmom lives there, so like, it's kind of one of those deals. But whatever. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's gonna be fun, and plus, like, Tennessee is a rad state. Like it's super oh, rad. It's fucking gorgeous. Like, and actually had, like, the... practically a religious experience going camping out there. Me and my girlfriend. And uh, I mean, we got visited by a bear at the tent. Awesome. That's uh, um... literally like, <laughs> yeah, I, was that's, like that's... I think I heard a bear. And then she was like, are you serious? And I'm like, Shh. and then we totally heard it again. Just like, <sighs> you know, like yeah. it was creepy, but yes, Timber Rattler, Scorpion, and a very rare okay we're trying player. to encourage people to go to the rally now you're telling about all the fucking things <laughs> that are gonna well, kill people yeah we actually hiked in like 10 and a half miles or some crazy amount like yeah. just to camp back country mm-hmm. and that was the first time i've ever done anything like that we carried way too much stuff and everything but of like, course yeah. wouldn't take it back for the world it was Not uh either. it was so cool and i love tennessee like i would live there for sure yeah. So it'd be interesting to see that rally for sure. I I don't know what it would be like to ride around there. I've only once visited and only really kind of did the like cliche, you know, country bar thing. And uh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, dude, it sounds like you're going things. to Nashville now. Um, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, I need to make it happen. So yeah, yeah, dude. Um, I'm getting tired and I gotta be up. Hey, it's cool. Work for freaking five a.m. because we actually have. Uh, a technician in from Tennessee and yeah. So with that, okay. I want to have you on another time. We'll talk moped st- stories and all the dumb things we get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think enough. For, yeah, yeah. I can't thank you enough for coming on second chance moped podcast. And um, everyone, thank you so much for subscribing to the YouTube show. I still can't believe that that's a thing. Um, and I can't think I got suggested to some new, editing software that it will no longer have a watermark on there if anybody knows from jessica's show um tyler i can't thank you again for coming on second oh, chance moped god damn it I fucking... no it's okay it's been happening to me since kindergarten but yeah <sighs> it's dyslexia okay. too so i can barely read it the way it is um i can't yeah, thank you enough you. for coming on you and your girlfriend always have a place to stay in minnesota if you want to come up and play mopeds or just see the twin cities uh mm-hmm. again thank you again for coming on second chance moped podcast and don't forget mopeds are dumb
Bye-bye. Yeah, but This is Jim. Welcome to Not A Moped Podcast.